0: dentists can use their customary fees when treating these patients. You will get 37% of what you would normally get from regular patient. You must listen. Welcome to the Drilling Millions Podcast. The Drilling Millions Podcast. Lessons from some of the most successful dentists on the planet. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. Presented by Sage Dental Partners, your practice transition team. That escalated quickly. Coming to you from Toronto. Podcasting, Podcasting to the world. Please welcome. Please Chawla. All right, so now that we've gotten um, a lot of the facts out of the way, uh, what the uh, Canada Dental Benefit is, and I keep calling it the Canadian Dental Benefit the Canada dental benefit. I can feel like Canadian dental benefit just like rolls off the tongue better, but we've covered what this actually means um, to the patient, what it means at a, a, you know, a broader scale. But now let's drill down, mm-hmm. drill, Charlie Millions. Let's drill down into um, what this actually means to the dentist. Um, because a lot of the listeners here, pretty sure. I mean, if you're the one guy who's, if you're the one guy who's listening, who's who's not a dentist, who's, you know, just like a, a finance or tech guy, you know, shoot me a message because I'd be interested to to grab a drink with you. But uh, if the majority of you are dentists or dental students, at least listening to this, you want to know what it means um, for the actual dentist. If you were to follow history, if history were to be you know, your guide. Um, and they, and they say history may not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Um, these government programs, uh, have not funded and, and have not reimbursed dentists well for taking on these patients. Um, right before this podcast, I had this stat from the ODA, um, and, and, the, and they'd sent an email out, you know, a couple months ago, maybe even a year ago. Um, and, and it highlighted the importance for having dentists at the table when making these broad policy decisions, because especially private practice dentists, if you don't have real business experience, you may not understand what the overheads are, why it's so important to fund these programs well, and and, and some of the downstream implications. Because, you know, say you're just a a kumbaya, um, I just want to help people um, person, which, you know, dentistry is huge about helping people. Like I think Sometimes, you know, for better, for worse, you know, that gets downplayed in, in, in industry um, or even in, in some instances, pursuit of wanting to be financially free gets downplayed. So, so both ends are kind of um, equally as bad, but, but dentistry is really about helping people. But at the end of the day, when like 70% of, of people in dental school will end up running a business or in some way, even if you're an associate, You still have to manage the business, even though it's not your business, you still have to manage the business. So there's no way of getting around it. The fundamentals of business are there's revenue, which is the amount of money you take in. So what does the patient pay you? There are your costs, which is, okay, how much is rent? How much are supplies? You know, your assistants aren't free. Your receptionist isn't free. Um, You know, you have lab costs, all these components come in and the subtraction between these two are the profits. I mean, there's an argument that could be made about how much profit a dentist should make, but the argument shouldn't, you know, spill over and and go so far up, upstream to to attack a dentist's revenue. Because at the end of the day, if you're not able to sustain the clinic, if you're not able to keep your clinic afloat, and some of the fees are just set right. Like you're going to have to pay your hygienist you know, more than a couple of dollars an hour, right? You're going to have to pay your for your materials. You're going to have to pay for your rent. If, if these basic needs of a dentist aren't covered, then it's just not sustainable, full stop, end of story. Whether or not you, when you get at the upper echelon of, of how much you're going to get paid, you know, whether you get paid 200 or $220, that's a different story. But this one stat I was looking for really talked about how much dentists get paid from government programs. And I'll read you this, I'll read you the quote directly, just so I don't get it wrong. Um, Some territories and provinces do a better job at funding their dental programs. Ontario is not one of them. The province is by far the worst record in Canada, with funding at only 37 cents on the dollar. So what does this mean? That means that if you accept one of these public patients, you know, one of the patients that came in through the government programs that be Healthy Smiles, Ontario Works, the Ontario Disability Support Program. On average, if you are practicing Ontario, you will get 37% of what you would normally get from a regular patient. All right. So if you were to, you know, if you were to look at that in isolation, you would say, okay, you know, that's not a big deal because these patients don't really account for a huge amount of your patient base, right? Um, not every patient is a, is a either a provincial or federally um, subsidized patient, but when these broad decisions are made, you know, a- across the spectrum, you know, like the, the, the Canada dental benefit, then it starts becoming, you know, a bit more concerning because, you know, what may have accounted for a small subset of your patient base now is a much larger you know, and more substantial part of your, your revenue, right? What you bring in through the door. Um, And that's going to pay your, your, you know, your staff, your supplies, your overhead. And at 37%, you are not going to be able to make ends meet. But, 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 but the Canada Dental Benefit. Wow. That's not really the best name for the third time, but the Canada Dental Benefit does not work like some of the other, you know, uh, programs have worked in the past. So in, in the benefit, the payments are made actually directly to the families. So there's no role of the dentist in, you know, either administering the payments, submitting the payments. The patients pay what you ask them to pay, right? What everyone else pays, because that's fair. If the patient is coming in for a procedure, they leave paying that procedure and then they will be reimbursed by the government through the CRA down the line. The only real responsibility that dentists have are they may be asked to confirm, you know, some of the information that's submitted. So if they if the patient came in for a MO and they're trying to submit an MOD, you know, the government may come back to you and and say, "Okay, hey, listen, is is this what happened?" But that's that's fair, I think. Um at least in my eyes that's fair. And what's really great about this program, okay, I'm not the biggest proponent of this, so don't, I feel like someone's going to take that out of isolation and just say, okay, Akil's a socialist. A but, you know, what's what's cool about this program is, like I said, dentists can use their customary fees when treating these patients. So you charge what you charge Bill, what you charge Joe, what you charge Joanne, what you charge Akil, right? So you, you you charge everyone the same. The dentists are are the sole decision makers um, as to whether or not they want to participate in any of these um, social or government dental programs. That doesn't only apply for uh, the Canada Dental Benefit. It also applies to any of the um, other benefits and other services um, that were government subsidized that I previously cited. What we need to remember is that Dentists really do need to keep in with their terms of professional obligations. Um, so if someone's coming in with an emergency, um, you yeah, that's directly cited on the site as, you know, I think you, you're going to have to treat them considering what the information that's available on the site says, you know, I don't really see a reason why a dentist wouldn't um, take this patient at the end of the day. There are obviously a million different perspectives you can take, and and I'm not here to tell you or or someone who's running a practice what they need to do. I'm really just here as a conduit of information, and and I have an opinion, of course, like everyone else. But you know, it it doesn't seem like a bad gig, um, and and I think that this is the the importance of context here uh, in the situation. Immediately when you see the Canada dental benefit and the name, they could not have chosen a worse name for dentists. Because as soon as you see Canada Dental Benefit, it almost makes you immediately dart to okay, this is this is where medicine and dentistry truly come together and 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 we're all basically going to be under OHIP. But for now, um, it's in very specialized situations, under very you know special circumstances, that people can apply for this. And at the end of the day, you can choose not to take that patient for whatever reason, and you can you know charge your customary fees. So it's really not um, it's it's really not something to get all up in arms about. I don't know where this is going to end up going, you know, looking at just from the name of it, it's likely that this program will be expanded. There's already talks that it's going to be expanded, but as long as it's not, and and someone please correct me if I'm wrong, who who owns a practice and deals with a lot of government patients, as long as it's not used in a similar sort of way that some of the other um, government programs have been used where they're paying 37 cents on the dollar, which is in my eyes, not acceptable, then this isn't so bad. I think it's it's not worth getting your blood pressure uh, too high about. I know from personal experience from talking to a number of dentists that they sort of um, flee when they see a lot of these patients, which really shouldn't be the case because I think the government has the responsibility to look out for these patients. And by not paying the, the service provider what they're really entitled to, I don't think that the government is doing, you know, their part in in ensuring that, you know, their best interests are looked after because a lot of these patients, the ones in the government programs, find it really difficult to find a dentist, which is really unfortunate because a lot of them are in pretty, um, pretty dire situations to begin with. Uh, so I don't think there's, there's absolutely nothing to be, you know, there's, there's, you can't blame the, the patients on these, on these programs because they're not the ones to blame. Um, I think the government really needs to look out for um, their interests, their best interests, and ensure that, you know, dentists want to accept them with open arms and give them, you know, excellent quality care because, you know, by accepting that patient doesn't necessarily mean that they're taking a hit to their bottom line. They can still provide care. They still feel comfortable providing care, and they know they're going to be reimbursed appropriately for it. Like what you heard? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow Drilling Millions on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for exclusive clips.